Before we start this episode of Dr Whodcast, we'd like to draw your attention to BLAM UK, a charity which promotes a truthful discourse of blackness through analysis of history by providing more diverse education for young people. Right now, you can donate to help BLAM organise free lessons on black history for children. And if you are a white fan of Doctor Who and want to continue to learn, educate and be more actively anti-racist, I'd like to recommend the podcast Woke Doctor Who, who have done several episodes on how race in both the fandom and the show has been portrayed. I'd especially recommend the episode Martha My Dear, which goes a long way to explain the toxic institutionalised racism that we as Doctor Who fans need to reject in ourselves and in our community to create a better world. Hey, guys, what party do you think Harriet Jones is from? I think she's, um, I think she's Labour, but like an old, old Labour. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I kind of feel the same way. I think, I think if she, if she's from the party of government at that time, then it's, then it's meant to be Labour. Yes. Yeah, definitely. But, but having said that, apparently a lot of people compared her performance to Margaret Thatcher. So, because yeah. you know when Margaret mm. Thatcher was a companion in Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Game of Six Doctor so much jet they had to cancel the season. <laughs> I love Harriet Jones. I think I'm a Harriet Jones truther. I don't think she did anything wrong. Why well, in this episode, no. In Christmas Vasion, I'm not sure she doesn't does anything too wrong in Christmas Vasion. I mean she doesn't like Sycorax's not exactly innocent, are they? Face <laughs> looking at me like Face <laughs> looking mean, at me like I... <laughs> like I mean death to Ming or something. <laughs> no, I just feel like she, she just, I find it really irritating. Really? Yeah. I think she's less irritating in this episode than she was in the previous one. I just feel like sometimes like there's a space and it could just be silent and she just says something and I'm like, why? I want to point <laughs> out like... that it's a television show. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the extent no, to which like, silence is necessarily my, no, good no, television. My example in this episode is like the doctor picks up the alcohol to try and like blast the Slovene. And he's like, huh, lol, I was joking. And then passes it back to her and she goes, I'd pass it to the left if I were you. And it's like, why? Like, why are you saying? Are like, you getting defensive on behalf of Rose because Harriet Jones seems to be implying that, oh, this one needs a drink? Uh, well, possibly, but I don't, I just, it happens a lot where I'm just like, Harriet, just leave it out. I just thought <laughs> she was being nice. I love your version of Doctor Who where, like, every time there's supposed to be a Harriet scene, it's just like a 15-second silence. <laughs> Nothing is said. Well, I just would, like the, would these two episodes really be that different if that were the case? No, but I feel like in that instance, as an example, it would have been much better if she'd have just gone, like, whipped up a glass and gone chin-chin. You know, that would have just been much... <laughs> yeah, which I, I do find that very strange. Do you notice later that that decanter becomes less e- and more empty and more empty and more empty and more empty as the episode goes along? They are fucked. <laughs> they are saving the world. Fuck. It's definitely just Ribena in real life. So I oh, wonder yeah. if the actors were just kind of fancy, <laughs> fancied a bit of squash. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when, I, when I, I did an extra filming on Made in Chelsea and they gave me schlur instead of champagne. And they, used, and they didn't retop our glasses. So I'd have to, for an hour of a scene, sip every 15 minutes. Are you saying Made in Chelsea isn't real? I'm, I am. I, you heard it here exclusive, first, folks. Exclusive. <laughs> Breaking news. They're going to send Marc Francois around and he's going to shoot us in the head. <laughs> yeah. 
And another thing, all the all the extras were wearing M&S value suits. That was a weird thing of that day. Is that all all of the actual cast were wearing like Moss Brothers. All of the extras were like blue trousers from M&S backstage. <laughs> Swapping trousers. M&S, I will not hear a bad word about M&S. I was just going to say... It's better than like... They're not made in Chelsea. Well, it's not made in Chelsea, but it's definitely not like a Primark suit, is it? They're not literally made in Chelsea. <laughs> it's not like an M&S factory in Chelsea. <laughs> That's what Made in Chelsea is about. It's just a construction Oh my God. Show. I would watch the fuck out of that show. It's the cast of Made in Chelsea in a sweatshop. <laughs> making clothes for M&S. Yeah, that, that sounds like and a better And Danny show. DeVito is like the foreman of the factory. Of the sweatshop, yeah. but like as Frank Reynolds from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. And he hits them with a really big coat hanger. Yes, but also I'd like a bit of grit in there, so let's put Danny Dyer in there as well. Wait, 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 <laughs> sorry. sorry. I was going to say Danny Dyer. <laughs> as soon as I did Danny DeVito, I was like, Danny Dyer needs to be there as well. <laughs> Danny Dyer, obviously, like. <laughs> at what point is forcing a bunch of people to work in a sweatshop not gritty? You just need a bit more. You need Danny Dieter. All right, you fucking posh twats. Putting his trotters up in Spain somewhere. <laughs> oh, I would watch that. Oh, another idea for a show. Based on that, the cast of Made in Chelsea go on the run. And Danny Dyer oh has God. to hunt them down. <laughs> and murder them. It's like hunted for more violent. They escape from Danny DeVito's sweatshop. Who makes it the furthest out of them? Does anyone know the main Chelsea cast well enough to know who would make who would make it out alive? Is Georgia Toffolo still on it? Well, I've Googled it, and turns out Marc Francois is actually a conservative backbencher. Oh. And I was thinking of Marc Francis. <laughs> Marc Francis, yeah. You were just you were just going to be extra posh because it's made in Chelsea. But Marc Francis is actually from Clapham. Do you think he knows? London. I know, we're Clapham's the south. <laughs> just got my letter, Aries London mixed up, ignore me. Um, do you think, do you think Danny Dyer knows? Do you think knows? Mark Francis knows? Or do you think Mark Francis knows? No. No, I don't think so. I think, I think, no. My name is Will Paxton. I am Charlie Harris. And Faye should introduce herself now. <laughs> I was like, do you want to do the honours or shall I? Uh, and I'm Faye Lola as the special guest. The best special guest because I'm the first. OG special guest, Faye Lola. The OG special guest. All other guests are simultaneously less special and less welcome. That's so kind. That's actually the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. We will be increasingly hostile to successive guests. <laughs> Wow, you're... <laughs> I know what I was going to say. <laughs> We're just going to launch a cyberbullying campaign in the week leading up to the episode. Yeah, no, it's all right. I'll, um, I'll jump on that as well, make sure I do the rounds on social media. I mean, you're only human. Which would be less useful in this episode. <laughs> it would be much less useful in this episode, despite computers appearing. Yes. What episode are we covering, guys? Well, funny you should say that. We are covering the episode... 
one season five episode, World War Three. When people talk about World War Three, it's World War Two and World War One being the Dark Ghost Royal. Did you ever imagine World War Three to be like this? I have to say, a little bit um, anticlimactic in terms of the way that it happens. I'm like, oh, that's it now. This is yeah. just the war. Okay, <laughs> guys, I'm going to be honest. World War Three doesn't happen in this episode. No. World War Three isn't the war with the aliens. It is the war between Britain and the rest of the world, where the Slitheens send out a nuke from Britain to the rest of the world, and the rest of the world unilaterally attacks Britain. That's what the World War Three was meant to be, but it doesn't happen. Proving once again that the British people in television and film are, are inevitably the bad guys, even on a show that's made in Britain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you could say that. And you did. <laughs> I love recording these things early morning because we get we get sentences like that. You just gotta get the weird out. You know what I mean? Get, get the, the weird, weird out, guys. Get the weird out. Shake the weird out. Can can I just point out? Can I just point out to listeners that early morning means eleven. This isn't early morning, <laughs> Will. On a Sunday. On a Sunday. On a Sunday. I've been to church, Faye. I shouldn't have been. It was closed. I should have been to church. It was closed. <laughs> you went into an empty church. I went to an empty church and asked the crucifix, who am I? Did you get an answer? No, he told me I was Jean Valjean. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kate, hey, do you want to um, give the rundown for what happens in this episode? But do it quickly, because... People will get tired. Uh, I'm so... tired. <laughs> <laughs> Preach. Um... So, this is a kind of follow-on for the previous episode, because it's the uh, double show special, as we said last week. Uh, but, um, yes, it's a follow-on. Selena in Downing Street, they're causing havoc. We left it that they were kind of electrocuting people. And um, what do you mean by kind of electrocuting people? Because I was a bit unsure about how that actually just started happening. I was like, okay, so they're wearing those things and then they all get electrocuted. And then suddenly, all of the Slalida be electrocuted because yeah, one of them... Yeah, of, of a way to solve, that, solve the cliffhanger in, in three minutes. Yeah. However, it is consistent yeah. because when one of them dies, the other, people, the, other, the other ones feel it. So I think they've got some sort of empathic link. Yes. I do feel like, though, when that line is said, I just love the like, little hint of like drama. It's like... I mean, the Slovene is so fucking it. extra. Like, I love it. They're, all they need is a bell boa <laughs> and like some kit, some kitten heels. Wait, is, it, like, is this while oh, they're still yeah. the Slovene, not like in their human suits? Oh, in all settings. <laughs> so the constant between the human disguise. <laughs> if Margaret was on, if Margaret was on Drag Race, she'd win. That's what I'm saying. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No, General Asquith should be on Drag Race. Yeah, actually, no, you're right. <laughs> he is the campus one. He is the campus one. I'll put That's this true. country That's under true. martial law if I have to. I had a wife, a mistress, and a young father. God, I was busy. Oh, God. He is the most extra one. So, yeah, Faye, quick, quickly, just tell us what happens in this episode. And please, do it quickly. Um, <laughs> someone take over, because I won't do it quickly. This is why a guest will never come on the show again. This is... <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Summarise an episode. Anyway, yeah, so... Um, and then, basically, the Doctor, Rose, and Harriet um, run around Downing Street trying to fix everything and stop the Slidine from making the world go into a big old fight. And meanwhile, they've got Mickey and Jackie doing some techno 
know-how on, <laughs> on the computer. And, um, they fight the Slovene with big beats. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then... Um, I get on those keyboards, know, it's like, DJ, DJ, DJ! <laughs> I love that you just made that reference almost <laughs> as much as i love the references that are made in this episode like hannibal out of nowhere yeah. just like you know what doctor it. who used to be so educational and also when i was watching it i thought they um they throw in a lot of like uh things that as an adult you know they've just made up but as a kid you're like i know all these fun facts about downing street now because they said it in doctor who so it must be true and you're like How do you know it's definitely made up I don't, but I just feel like I don't know how they're going to get hold of that information to be able to just sort of say it. Well, on when national when television. the cabinet room was built, I'm sure it's it's out there. I don't know. Maybe I feel, like I feel like it would be secret because what's what's the point of a deterrent of being the safest walls in the UK? No, no, everyone knows that's when it, I, I get yeah. that, but, but it was built in seven. They say it was built in 1796. I'm pretty sure that information's out there. Oh yeah, things like that. I'm like, cool, but like them being the safest and that they've got these like metal shutters that look like the mouth of an incinerator, like all these kind of things. I'm like How many incinerators have you seen recently? Just just out just, just, just You know what? Us. Recently, considering the circumstances, more than you'd think. Okay. Um, <laughs> circumstances. Faye is a serial killer live in the podcast. <laughs> just got a little bit of Dexter about me, you know. <laughs> Well, I just cremated my dog, and there's oh. and this incinerator looks nothing like that. Maybe is that true? Because I've please tell me that's them. like I don't please, that's horrible. I'm so sorry, Charlie. I mean, you know, you knew this. You knew my dog died recently. Yeah, I, I didn't know your dog died recently. Yeah, I got a new one. Okay. It's ashes don't count, Charlie. Oh. <laughs> Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Oh, so bringing up your dead dead dog anyway is fine. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I it's your dead dog. It's, it's my, my... It's, A is my dead dog, and I didn't imply that I thought that its ashes were alive. I never thought I'd say dead dog about five times in this podcast, but hey, here we are now. Are we even still Not doing the, the podcast? Not until the Stephen Moffat area. <laughs> Era. Aria. Ariola. <laughs> the Stephen Moffat Ariola, yeah. Oh my god. That's a show. That's a show. That's a um... show. <laughs> I think it's called Coupling. Faye, we haven't got to the end of your description because we keep on interrupting you. I know. Such a shame. This is off. End, end, end of the episode. Um, everything's a bit of a mess, but it's all right. Babe, <laughs> we're talking about Doctor Who, not your life. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Please, someone take over, because you are interrupting, so go ahead. <laughs> well, I will be honest, Babe. I've, I've done a lot of episode descriptions in my time, and that was probably one of the most coherent out of all of them, so well done. We got from start to end. But before you pat yourself on the back too much, please understand that we'll set the bar extremely low. <laughs> Improvement is all we could strive for. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Positive, positive thinking, guys. Half glass empty. No, full. Full. <laughs> you just keep pushing that boulder up the hill, Will. Yes. <laughs> all right. Um, let's, should we talk about the Doctor? I mean, yeah. sure. It's his show. Yeah. Doctor Who. Uh... <laughs> um... Is the Doctor a bit of a dick at the end of this episode? Because he's, he's a bit of a dick throughout the whole of this episode. No, I think I he's very say... likable throughout most of this episode. He says to Mickey, Charlie, you are born in the dark. Yeah, it's a bit dark, actually. I was like... The Doctor has met Mickey for about a day and a half at this point, maybe even less, maybe even a couple of hours at this point in total. And he says that you are born in the dark. Like, 
I feel, and and there's no like need for this resentment to another, towards another human. It doesn't happen with anyone else. But also, especially when you want them to do something, like when, when have you ever gone? I need this person to do something. I'm going to insult them, and then they're going to do it. Yeah, literally. It's like no, that's just not how it works. I understand Mickey is a bit of an idiot in these uh, these these last couple of episodes, and he does run into walls and bins quite a lot. But I think in this episode he does a fun, he does a sterling job. He saves Jackie. He takes a picture of the Slovene. Um, he, I think he was just coming in to, to see Jackie just because, hey, Rose is back. I want to like look after my essential mother-in-law, even though they're not married. Um, and she and, hates him. And she so hates it him. Kind of like a mother-in-law. But, but the... <laughs> um, I, think, I think he's incredibly kind throughout this whole episode. I think that he shows incredible selflessness by not... By, by trying to, to kill everyone in Down Street. By trying to kill style. his girlfriend and the man he thinks she's gone off with. That's not selflessness, that's vindictiveness. <laughs> I think if you put it like that, it's vindictiveness. What I would say is there's two things that... if we're, Are we doing Mickey now or are we doing the Doctor still? Uh, who cares? Let's just carry okay. on. Mickey-wise, there are two. there's two things I'd like to draw attention to. One, he is now the reason that everyone whips out their phone when they see something weird. Like, it, like I saw that and I was like, there it is. There's the start of it. That's it. People see something weird and go, I'm going to take a picture of that and show everyone later or send it to all my friends. You think he invented photography? No, I think he invented, this is something weird. I need to take a picture of it right now <laughs> and tell people. The next thing is, he doesn't know what's in his cupboards. He has no idea. He also idea. doesn't know where his cupboards are. Yeah. I'm like, and why does Rose know? She's been away for a year. And he hasn't taken the stuff out. No. Well, it's pickled, so it's, it does store. Yeah, but he... he how is he alive? <laughs> <laughs> Such broad questions. Like, <laughs> I mean, not existentially, but just medically. Not pickled foods. Pickled onions, pickled eggs, gherkins. We've seen him eat takeaway chips before. Yeah, but they were Rose's chips, weren't they? Fair point. Oh my god, are you saying that, Rick, that Mickey hasn't eaten in three years and the only way he eats is when Rose gives him chips? <laughs> yeah! No, what I'm saying is, he's still Plastic Mickey. <gasps> and doesn't need Mickey. to eat. I hate and Plastic And that's why Mickey. he hasn't touched his stuff for a year. Imagine Plastic Mickey trying to type, though, and decode the UN. Burp, 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 burp. <laughs> <laughs> what with his like flat hands also can we not overdo whether mickey's any good at hacking the doctor gave him a really simple password yeah it's, the password is buffalo and it's the same password for everything yeah that is an interesting loophole where they're yeah that's insane unit needs to sort that shit out like if it's that easy to get onto their systems units a fucking shit show and also if it's that easy to kind of to command them as well. Like, I swear the Doctor, like, in the last episode, just is getting shot and then he just shouts Delta something and then goes, Rah! and then they all run. And it's like, well, what's happening now? And then this time he just walks, he just walks into a room and, like, commands people and goes, uh, there's, a, there's aliens over here, everyone. Come this way. And it's like, should it be that easy? I feel like maybe not. The army people were just shit in this episode. Yeah. Well, we get introduced then to the new sergeant who doesn't appear in the last episode and appears this episode. 
um, as sort of like the liaison between the Slovene and the, the, the army, military, police, whatever the fuck they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's pretty useless. Yeah. He just takes any order. He just takes any order. Doesn't matter how weird it is. Has no sense of investigation. He's like, yeah. okay, well, considering there's been some weird things going on with the Prime Minister, the aide's now disappeared. No idea where the aide's gone. Um, like, like any of these like small things that could let you know. And he's just like, oh, I'll just take your command, Slovene. Whatever. Don't worry. Also, they let a skinny, unarmed man escape twice. Yeah. There's in the briefing room where he just runs. He just runs out. They don't try to block the door or anything. No. And then they let him like disappear into a lift and don't shoot him. Considering they were like planning to shoot him, him getting in a lift shouldn't be a deterrent. To well, them. it's just the House of Commons letting down Northerners again, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's not the House of Commons, Will. It's Downing Street. Oh my God, yes, it is. <laughs> much more gravitas. Yeah. So much more gravity. <laughs> um, but. What I will say is the lift line is great. I love oh, it. Oh, he sells it so well. Oh, definitely. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, like, it's just standard advice. But I love the fact that the people are letting him have the floor for that moment. Does anyone not think to stick their hand out and just press the lift again? Anyone Literally. Anyone just press the button? Well, no, they're all, they're all holding guns. They could drop them. How would they use their hands? <laughs> um, have you ever tried dropping a gun? Have you, ever, have you ever heard a thing called a holster? I think they're quite, um, like, standard in the army. Not for assault rifles. You have holsters for assault rifles. Oh, you have a, you have a, um, uh, like a, um... <laughs> what are you doing? Wait, like... For people who can't see that, which is you, Will just kind of did this weird thing where it looked like he was putting a noose around his neck. Yeah, that wasn't very helpful at all. Or like you were doing like a weird version of the Macarena. Or putting on a feather boa. Like a little kind of like, ooh. Um, no, it's, it's like you can you can attach a strap to a, um, a, a rifle becomes, can become a strap-on, essentially. Um, <laughs> strap-on, strap-off. Like strap-on and strap-off your body. You guys have got dirty minds. I don't know what, you, don't know what you're thinking. It's so early. <laughs> Again, it's quarter past 11. It's not that early. <laughs> On a Sunday! You should be in church. So should half of these characters. This episode's really embracing the weird, isn't it? <laughs> Just let your free spirit fly, guys! I think we've been in lockdown for... This is like... This is the end of our six-week in lockdown. Yeah. Everything's gone a bit wrong. Yeah. This is after the week that we've had easing lockdown in inverted commas. This is the stay alert week. This is the... This is the shit I don't show feel alert. Lasts. Yeah, no, I could feel... I could... I could feel less yeah. alert. I, I, no, I'm, I'm no, I'm actually just angry that lockdown sort of stopped because I'm like, why? We're going to go into a second spike, please. <laughs> if you say, if you say that there's like aliens above 10 Downing Street um, in the mothership and the only way that we can stop this coronavirus is by, by getting the UN's nuclear, cl- nuclear codes to destroy the mothership. I looked into it. It's, that's not, that's not, the, that's not how it works. Could you imagine if that was the case of like, Russia had to decide on Britain's nuclear arsenal. Yeah. It, like, this is one of those things I'm talking about, where it's like, you watch it and you think, oh, that's how that thing works. And then actually you're like, oh no, that was just a big lie. That's not how it's that not works. Cons- it's not a conspiracy theory. What I think is, the easing lockdown is the government want the economy to get back up and running, but if there's a second spike, they also want plausible deniability, which is why they're not easing lockdown properly. But they're kind of giving vague instructions. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. I think that's just true. <laughs> anyway, um, what do you think of Rose in this episode, guys? 
Rose in this episode is, I don't know, for me, because the, because the latter part of this episode, well, I suppose the whole episode, is like an ensemble piece between Harriet, the Doctor and Rose, I kind of see them all intermingling. Now the the bits the bits where I where I start to really question Rose's character or talk talk about Rose is when she she at the end is like do it just 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 kill me, um, and that's I think that's a really in, important moment in Doctor Who is like the the power that the Doctor has over his companions and in a short amount of time the fact that Rose has got a complete sense of duty with saving the world that is sort of shadowing what the Doctor does, um, yeah and. It's quite it, it, Jackie on the phone, like pleading with the Doctor, makes it realer than I think it's ever been before that there are stakes for these companions that they could die very easily. I also think that narratively, it's worth pointing out that in the last episode, this is what Gwyneth did. The episode before that, it's what Jabe did. Mm. That's such a good point. Like she has seen people die to do the right thing, mm. and I wonder if there's a sense of well, it's my turn now. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, some of that I agree with completely. Like, I do think there's a lot of that, and there is a lot of that throughout Dot 2. And I think also, they this is the first time I've really noticed it, but they do a lot of, like, oh, this person died and I didn't know their name. Yeah. They do a lot of that throughout, and I've never really noticed that before. And in this episode, Harriet does it. And she's like, I got him a coffee and I didn't even know his name. And it ha- it reoccurs so often throughout the entire kind of revival of Doctor Who, and I was like, okay, that's quite interesting. Like, why do they keep choosing to do that? But with Rose, when she kind of says that, I feel like maybe there's a little bit of who you're going to pick. It's weird about the framing of this. It feels like we care about Rose dying because we were on the phone to her mum. Yeah. Harriet was going to die as well. The Doctor, regeneration as a concept hadn't been introduced. So... All three of them were going to die, but I think it was because Rose is so young and so Billy Piperish. Mm. Yeah. That it becomes kind of so hard and so difficult. But Plus the added stakes of having a family. Yeah. Well, I think Harriet has a mother, but yeah, you're right. And I think also she does kind of put herself on a higher status than Rose by saying, look, I'm, I'm an elected official. And she, you know, she's a much older woman than Rose. She kind of takes the emotion out of it, even. She just kind of goes... I don't know why the Doctor's making it this kind of like, you know, emotional ultimatum between the world and Rose. And it's like, oh, what do I do? And she's just like, well, technically you shouldn't do it because you're not really elected. I should probably make the call. So I don't know why we're doing this. Uh... (laughs) But also, did they not think, send the missile and just sort of make a run for it? (laughs) Because the Slovene are all upstairs. Yeah, currently the Slovene are all in one room waiting for a red phone, which is a stupid strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just a way to have them all in one place. Although I do love that bit where they're fighting over the outfits. <laughs> There's so much, so much about the Slovene that I really love. In my notes, I've just seen that about the Slovene. I put, I've never noticed how plump their lips are. They're like the model for lip fillers. They have lovely lips. Like the millennials saw this and went. Mm, well, it's it. an interesting lip because it's like a small lip, but it's a pumped small lip. So it's like one of those, like, yeah. it's like a 1920s flapper or like the Queen of Hearts. Like, you know, like those small like lips a, that are really massive. Like a fluffy pillow lip. Yes, like, like a fluffy little... pillow lip. <laughs> fluffy green pillow lip. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's my new nickname for the Slovene. Oh, hey, you fluffy pillow lip. <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> Why don't you come over and wrap the Corico notoriously sometime? Oh, darling. <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, I love how excited the doctor is for a piece of information that is ultimately useless. Yeah. Well, Mickey nails it. Mickey nails it. It just goes, right, well, we'll send them a letter then. What's your point? Like, and? I, I think that whole scene is just Mickey being like, stop trying to be clever. Like, just save us quickly. Yeah, yeah. But that line is just perfect. It's perfect. The doctor finds out the way of stopping them as soon as they say the line about the, the fart being more like bad breath and being uh, being acidic. That's when he realises, but he just like thinks that, oh, he'll he'll have an extra bit of fun just to like sure, make sure he's right. Although I, I love that whole scene, the whole narrows it down. Yeah, no, that is good. Because you kind of get the impression yeah. of it. You kind of see his mind working. Yeah. And you don't actually get to see that much of that. And I think it's also fun for the audience um, to like accumulate all the knowledge we know about mm -hmm. this creature and like we don't know the answer at the end of it but we can tell as an audience that it's building up yeah to we're on that we're on that journey with the doctor exactly yeah we can be shouting out as our five-year-olds to ten-year-olds to to 70-year-old selves and tv screen stop shouting at five-year-olds <laughs> you don't have kids it's weird i just slap myself on the wrist um, but as but as as a five year old, ten year old, seventy year old, whatever, we can shout at the t TV screen. Yeah. They're green, slipstream engine. Like we we can like participate in the show. Yeah, know, that's true. Myself. Actually, it's kind of like a little recap because I suppose if you're getting swept up in the mm. oh, this is too much, and then you suddenly wait, wait, what's going on? What are they? But I, I think that scene only works because the stakes are so high and so immediate. Yeah. Because he's literally just coming in through the door. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just while we're talking about while we're talking about the Slitheen, I do love just. If you took some of the lines out of context, for example, my favourite one is just, oh God, I need to be naked. <laughs> That's the line that the Prime Minister says, and I love it. I love it so much too. I'm like, you know what, I have such a strong affiliation with that sentence. But if you were to say it in just a normal setting, people would be like, that's weird. But they can get away with it. Yeah, as you, as you found out in church. <laughs> at my yeah. dog's funeral. <laughs> As I was hitting five-year-olds. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that oh, one gosh. of the things you can... Like the Slovene, terrible race. They try and kill the whole of hum humanity to sell us as slag for, in in for an inter intergalactic recession. However... Good luck trying to sell me as slag. <laughs> God. But if you think about it... <laughs> oh, God. Um, Sorry, go This on. is what I bring to the table, yeah, no, no, nothing no. else. Um, but if you think about it, they might be terrible aliens, but... They are really body positive, and I, and I give them props for that. Yeah, they are. Yeah, but Rusty Davis isn't. No, but he's like, rejoice in it. You look beautiful, naked brother. It's like, victory should be naked. <laughs> like, all of these silly lines. They're so extra. I love it. Everything they do is the biggest choice. Oh, yeah. This is why I think they need a feather boa for everything they do. Just a little, like, gesture with it and stuff. Have you, Faye, have you seen the Sarah Jane episode where the Slovene have a baby? No. Yeah, first episode of um of the the series of Sarah Jane, not the pilot episode. Uh, the Slovene come back yeah. as a child Slovene, and it is one of the funniest things. Oh no, I have seen. seen this. I have yeah. seen this. Yes, and it's really like, isn't it really like um, it sounds really funny. Yeah. If I remember correctly, like, I am a Slovene. It's got this really weird posh British accent. <laughs> yes, I'm like. What? Are you a, like an Edwardian boy or a Slovene? Like what? <laughs> I'd say the sound, the sound mixing for the Slovene's voice is really great. Yeah. In this episode. Yeah. 
because you can kind of hear the actor's original voice. Yeah. It like, croaks like a frog almost. I quite, I quite like that. It sort of adds to the reptilian nature mm. of it. It feels like there's more layers to the vocal cords. I feel like there would be though because they have such long necks and so the sound travels further and has more. <laughs> gut, gut, gut. Oh my god, that's so much. They've got a bigger echo chamber for the sound to reverberate. Yeah. <laughs> we're both not vocalists or vocal teachers I was like yeah I think the, the vocal cords reverberate in the extra long necks I think the vocalists and the vocal cords <laughs> vocal 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 I think oh god it would reverberate around the, the neck, neck. Oh, yeah. the neck on Slavine even more anyway what was your favourite moment in this episode Faye? Oh, uh, Slavine. Well, I've called what I've called it is Slavine spaghetti. Ah, Slavine spaghetti. When it blows up. Well, actually, I put Slavine spag, which I didn't just want to say spag, but what is Slavine, Slavine spaghetti? spaghetti? When it blows up. Oh yeah. Like it's just spag <laughs> everywhere, like spag ball, but Slavine spag everywhere. And also, Jackie and Mickey, like they just don't wipe it off. Like they just sort of leave themselves wearing the goo they just like there was a bit i think when i was watching it i paused it and i was like i'm gonna just go and do other things and i came back and i was like what has mickey got on his face like why is his face peeling and i was like oh he's still wearing the slavine that blew up on him and i was watching it thinking mickey jackie you know what they say victory should be naked oh my god no 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 <laughs> get out of those disgusting gut covered clothes I'm not thinking about it I'm not letting you do that to my, to my imagination I'm not letting you break my mind and have Jackie and Mickey sleep together my insides oh no I didn't say sleep together I just meant like be comfortable enough around oh that's it. fine nudism and um, is fine naturism but I just feel like that might be a bit too much of a leap like she thinks he's a murderer then comfortable enough to be nude in front of each other it just feels like a bit of a yeah but it's been a bit of a weird day Faye They've had spag balls from Slithy on their, their You know what, yeah. I, I just I just think it might... And also, they're just going to smell of vinegar now. Like, there's so much about that that I'm like, okay, yeah, fine, save the world, but you stink right now. They're not going to smell of vinegar. They're going to smell of um, calcium carbonate or bad, bad breath. So they smell like bad breath right now. Yeah, which has oh, been God, covered in vinegar. It's a double combination. It's like Rose's chips in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> got the chips, and you got the vinegar that saps, and you got Mickey's starving body. <laughs> just, just a last note on that. Faye, you're completely right about the fact that they don't like clean off the uh, Slovene spag bowl because the next shot, I believe, it, after they've defeated the Slovene and they all sigh, it's like, ah, is sunrise? That's the next shot. Yeah. So it's like, oh, have a shower in the two hours that the narrative has moved on. Like, you have time. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of saw it as, like, five in the morning. I reckon this episode, from the Slovene trying to get into Mickey's flat, and the end, I'd say that's about two hours. Yeah. Like, to the point, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm not a cosmologist. <laughs> I don't know exactly, or a meteorologist. I don't know what time... It is just by the position of the sun. But I do have a lot of opinions. Are you a mixologist? DJ, DJ, DJ! <laughs> you can only DJ two times a day. <laughs> I, thought a, I thought a mixologist was a cocktail. Yeah, I, yeah, I just yeah. want to make a funny joke and, and throw it back to DJ. Are you thinking of Sir Mix-a-Lot? Yes! <laughs> yes! Me too! Oh, I love it. Um, 
Uh, what was your favourite moment in the episode, Will? Um, <laughs> it's kind of been taken, but um, it, I'll go backwards. It's the speech from um, Harriet, Rose and the Doctor talking about the security codes to the Slovene blowing up. There's about it's about fifteen minutes of the whole episode. That's quite. It's not really a favorite moment. It's a favorite third chunk of the episode. Yeah, but it's it's what I like about it is it all rolls into one like very quickly, and it seems quite self-contained that episode with the Slovene, as well as the history of the Slovene and the first time they're stuck in that room is all quite self-contained in the episode. The actual Slovene plan happens just after that, and I love it. I love the introduction to Harriet. Um, sorry, Faye. Um, I like the. Um... Faye hates women. <laughs> Charlie. No, I just don't like Harriet. There's so many Doctor Who women that I like. Just Harriet gets on my tits. Name 12. I don't think there's been 12 women. <laughs> ever. In any episode. Ever. Faye, you're a woman hater. I agree with Charlie now. I've changed my mind. There are more than 12 women in Doctor Who over its 10 seasons. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah just, I just love that those moments. I, I especially like that um, the Jackie talking to the Doctor about like being safe... Um, and like just their banter at the start of it, leading into the Slovene fight, and like you've, she's going to have to ask, answer me one day. Like there's just so many good lines, like just hitting this sequence. I love how it transitions into each other. So yeah, that's my favorite moment. So Charlie, it's your girl. What is your favorite? My favorite is it's a very short moment. It's Andrew Marr when he's like, I don't know why these people are all here. <laughs> I don't know what connects them all. But you can tell like. If that was real Andrew Marr, he'd make some reference to the fact that they're all overweight. Because Andrew Marr is a pissy bitch. <laughs> That's what I've heard. This podcast today has been controversial. <laughs> How to lose friends and alienate people. <laughs> the Charlie Harris story. <laughs> I mean, it's, this episode is called World War, World War 3. I don't think this is going to start World War 3. You never know. You never know. This might be the catalyst. Um, all of these different political threads, like emotional threads in this episode that we've mentioned so far, is going to blow up and create a world war. Okay, quick fire. Least favourite moments. Because I'm anti- I don't like negativity. So let's do this quickly. <laughs> okay. Least favourite moment. Faye, go. Um, I really hate when Jackie assumes that the Doctor eats grass and safety pins. Why is, why is that even in the script? Like, why is that even there? As an alien, were you offended? Yeah. I think there's just a few things that I'm a bit confused about. So, like, that's that's one. And also the fact, so this is two bad bits that are, like, doctor kind of orientated, but not actually him. He employs a child to clean the side of the police box. No, the child had done the graffiti. See, I never saw it like that. I was like... He literally says, if you, if you do that, if you paint on the side of it again. I'll have you. Yeah, maybe I was just outraged at, like, why is a child keep cleaning the side of the box? You've watched that for years. You've watched that for years and thought that the Doctor was doing child labour. Yeah, I thought she'd been I like... Mean, that's not that ridiculous. He, like, that's he true. abducts strange young women. <laughs> yeah, precisely. That's true. And then takes them for their first trip to the end of the world where their family's all dead. Yeah. Just this sort of emotional nightmare that is... That is the Doctor. Yeah, I suppose that's true. At least um... for a moment, Will. Uh, my least favourite moment is, uh, I like this episode quite a lot. I think, I think it's when the Slovene get into, they've just had that really scary speech about, like, um, we're going to create war, and then they're like, the, the doctor's like, we'll stop you. Um, and then they go, and it's, it's when they go into the, the room first, 
And it's like, the phone's actually red. And I just find that a bit too much. Yeah. I love that. I really love that. Oh, okay. I love the fact that Slavine gets turned on by everything. <laughs> they love being naked. It's not. It's less of not that kind of doctor this episode. It's more not that kind of Slavine. Yeah, I think we can probably skip skip that except for like a, a short... Uh, there aren't even like many Easter eggs in this episode either. I wouldn't say so. Um, I mean, the, the, we mentioned last time about the, the news readers being mm. uh, a pop-up. Uh, and that sort of continues throughout this episode. I suppose Harriet Jones being the like is an Easter egg in herself. But that's but that's not really that's not an Easter egg yet. No, I suppose not. It's a plot point currently. I can't wait to get Christmas Invasion because I have some thoughts on Harriet Jones, which I will not use now. Oh, okay. I'm 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 interested. Um, for that, is no, it, you are. Not... are your thoughts that you think she looks tired? That was rude. Faye, I can't get over how much you hate women. No, it's just Harriet. <laughs> That's what all women haters say. <laughs> so you don't mind women unless they get close to a position of power? No, I just think she's really annoying. I wouldn't work with her. Well, you don't... You wouldn't have to. You don't... You don't work in politics. That's what you think. <laughs> Faye's like Margaret, she's an MI5 spy, in, and, <laughs> and she's actually a Slovene. <laughs> oh my god, I love Margaret so much. I'm so glad we get more Margaret. Oh, I perfect. love Margaret. See, love her. Well, do you think that Margaret putting on her suit at the end, like she's, her suit gets raised up higher than everyone else's suit? Everyone else is not, they're trying to get into suits, but everyone else... Do you, no, I don't, you I don't, don't think, think that's, that's a, a, a boot-up. I, that that I always saw that as like, when I went back to watch this episode later on, and then saw Margaret was like the one I could hear in that speech when all of them are freaking out. Um, and her suit is there. I always assumed that that was her getting out. That was like the intention of showing that. I don't know why they didn't just get, like, launch a load of vinegar at Downing Street. I mean, there's probably a chip. Yeah, get a chip factory somewhere to like to dump it. On like a catapult. Yeah, funnily enough, actually, like missile. What do you think of the plot of this episode being solved by a missile from the Royal Navy? I love the Royal Navy. They can't do anything wrong. This is what this episode taught me. I love the armed forces. And the UN is just... And, and supranational bodies like the UN just get in the way. I just thought it was a bit too trigger-happy. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it, it, was a weird, it was a weird, like, solution for Doctor Who. It really was. And I was like, is it because the Doctor's still really, like, war-hungry? Well, this episode is like supposedly anti-Iraq war. Hmm. Because you have the whole like fake weapons of mass destruction, and there's that reference to um, oh, they can launch shit within forty-five seconds, which I think is a reference to Saddam Hussein's WMDs supposedly hmm. um, being forty-five minutes away when launched. So I think that it's supposed to be like anti-war or critical of the Iraq war. Yeah. So maybe sending a Royal Navy. <laughs> a missile into Downing into Downing Street. I don't know. I don't think it's like poetic, but I think that maybe it's kind of like a fuck you to Blair mm. because you know. Sucks. I think you're a very clever political mind, Charlie, and I think that you. I, I think that you have retconned that to work, and it works perfectly. But like. No, I've I've, I've not I've not I've read this oh, okay. I don't know that much okay. about the war. I also don't dislike Blair okay, that much. Um, I. I suppose my opinion is that the best Doctor Who, the best Doctor Who alien deaths are when you use their their own strength against them. Yeah. 
I always think of Blink as my prime example of this. Oh, such that, a great episode. In, that way of that way of killing the alien is perfect because it uses their one strength as their one weakness and tricks them mm. um, and it's it's so cleverly done this one just shooting a missile at them when we've established that they're we've, we've had a whole sequence which was my favorite moment don't you know um, we've had a whole sequence that like destroys the slovene slovene spaghetti and that just doesn't come back again We're, they're blown up by a missile they might be missile resistant the doctor doesn't know that it just feels very anti-doctor i think it does feel very anti-doctor it just feels very I, I want to say the word distasteful, but that's not exactly what I mean. Like it just. Well, I also think that it shows double standards of the Doctor because yeah. the Doctor in this episode kills an alien threat instantly without any other like any any other thoughts or mercy kill or or way of stopping them with a missile. You're wrong. He offers he offers them a chance. He says, "Leave or I'll stop you." That's true. He does offer them a chance. Okay, I will I, I will, t- I will take that back. Um, I just think it's bad if the Doctor is the instrumental force between Harriet Jones's Golden Age based on a missile that was fired to destroy aliens. I think it's a bit rich of him taking away Britain's Golden Age and 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 being rude to Harriet when Harriet does exactly the same thing. Mm. I'm not saying it's learnt behaviour. I think Harriet is responsible for her actions, but I think that, I think it's a double standard of the Doctor if you're going to have him kill the aliens in this way and then a season later um, denigrate Harriet for doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe you can make an argument that it's a different doctor, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, 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 that'll be an interesting thing to discuss in the Christmas. In, in the in the same in the same way, like the tenth doctor and the eleventh doctor don't approve of the actions of the war doctor, for example. Well, that is true. He says it as well. I think in Christmas Invasion, he's like, "I'm a completely new man" or something like that, and so you can kind of get around it in that sense. But it does just feel, I think, as well. It's also watching it with the knowledge of what's happened since. I think the Christmas invasion is because the cigarettes were leaving. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The Slovene was still a very real threat. Yeah, that's true. It was as they were leaving that they died. Hmm. I do as well. What would you rate it out of nine, Charlie and Faye? So maybe an eight. An eight? Wow. I, see, I was going to say a six. Like, I did enjoy it, but it's not... because Because I really didn't like the solution that was my only thing like i enjoy okay. everything that goes on but the actual solution of the episode i'm a bit like oh why <laughs> no it's you know it's an eight because i love the doctor offering mickey a chance to come and mickey turning it down oh that's a lovely moment i yeah. like that but then he sticks up for him and then like the doctor is like okay i'll be the bad guy yeah before i before i write the episode and I, we talked about best moments i know but i just want to highlight that last 10 minute scene mm. of Rose leaving Jackie, oh. packing up the stuff. The Doctor being romantic, but also a bit of a dick. Yeah. Like, describing this amazing um, thing in the universe. He's um, blackmailing Rose. Yeah, he's blackmailing Rose. That was going to be my horrible. least favourite moment. We never got to ask me what my least favourite... Oh my God, I'm so sorry! It's okay. I'll just never forgive you. Five minutes from the end of the podcast. What's your favourite moment? Least favourite moment is when the Doctor... <laughs> so, um, basically says... I will leave you here forever if you make me have dinner with your mother. Yeah, he is way too against dinners. Having said that, though, Jackie is suggesting feeding him grass and safety pins. No, but also, (laughs) apparently her shepherd's pie is shit. Yeah. Rose does kind of imply, oh, you're cooking for him. Oh, he's finally met his match. Implying that it'll kill him. (laughs) 
So maybe it's because he doesn't want to be poisoned, but I think it's more just, I don't do that. It's like he's been like, I'm this older, dark, edgy boyfriend of yours, and I don't have dinner with parents. It feels like he's trying too hard to be edgy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sometimes the Doctor's like outfit, um, like this black leather jacket, etc., is like him being cool and edgy and distance and not like one of the campier doctors of the past and sometimes i think it just it's it it, it looks like he's a, a, a impudent teenager sometimes with the way he acts it's like i'm gonna wear my big boy jacket and i'm gonna go out and smoke in the park with my friends who are 16. like a, like a naughty's biker boy has anyone watched gilmore girls yeah he's kind of jess he's yeah. kind of jess in gilmore girls he's... no one understands me yeah, it's like I need to have this real like rough and ready look. Like I don't do this, I don't do that. I have boundaries, but I'm also going to emotionally manipulate. Like what? It is so manipulative. She could just be like, and she doesn't put up a fight. She's like, she's my mum. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. And he's like, I don't know. I feel like that would be a chance for Rose to be like, okay, well, let's bang out of order. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, though, she's supposed to be nineteen. Like, I mean, if you could, yeah, if you so could weird. call out being emotionally manipulated like manipulated by someone else you'd probably get a lot further a lot quicker but she just doesn't i think it just i think it hasn't i think it's a bit that yeah. hasn't aged particularly well there's, I don't there's think quite a few bits in necessarily no no I, I agree with you i think there's loads of bits in that last kind of few minutes that don't necessarily age well like jackie says um something like rose isn't too old for a slap and I, and I was like, no wonder she's running away with an alien if her mum's going to, like, whack around the face at 19, you know? <laughs> also, I, I I don't know. I am aware that in some cases that's a thing that parents say as a joke but would never slap their children. It's a weird thing to joke about, but I don't get the sense that that's, like, their deal. Yeah, I think I think it's a joke, but I think it's a specific joke at that time. I don't feel like now you would make that joke. You'd just be like... I don't even want to put that suggestion in anyone's mind. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, like a little bit. Yeah, like a little bit. Like, why are we even? Why are we even throwing this into the arena? You think it's like the "you're so gay" one? Yeah, 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 definitely. It doesn't mean Rose is necessarily a homophobe, but she's still making that sort of joke. But no, I, I, um, I really, I don't know. It made me really uncomfortable the way the doctor was like, "Yeah, I'll leave you here if you make me eat shepherd's pie with your mother." It just disproportionate at the same time it made me like the last 10 minutes of the episode a lot more because i felt more emotional stakes I, I, then when jackie leaves like rose leaves and she said i'll be 10 seconds and then jackie looks at her watch and it's 10 seconds i breaks my fucking heart that's such a stupid thing for rose to say but like i feel like the emotional stakes in that last 10 minutes are really high because the doctor is such a dick yeah but also then when he's nice to mickey that actually means a lot i think that's it as well i think it's the balance of that um is the Doctor nice to Mickey again? Like, I know that he's, he, I know that he's nice to, well, Russ, I would say that David Tennant's Doctor actually is, in, especially in Age of Cyberman, Rise of Steel and Age of, Age of Cyberman, is actually more of a dick, but just subtly to Mickey. Yeah. I don't know, I, I think that in, so, in School Reunion, David Tennant's, I always read their relationship in that, because um, just, I saw a clip from that on YouTube the other day, and uh, big shout out to YouTube, by the way. YouTube, come on the podcast. <laughs> um, shout out to my boy YouTube. And um, I, I always read their relationship. His relationship with the 10th Doctor is kind of like mates who take the piss out of each other. 
Yes. Yeah. More than like patronizing older brother, which is like his relationship with Eccleston. Yeah, I can I can see that. I think that where it comes to a head with Tennant, where I think that it's actually worse than what Christopher Eccleston does, is when like it's just it's just obvious that David's ignoring him. Just like very obviously. It's like yeah. it's, what's worse that what's worse than being told you're a piece of shit? Being told nothing because no one cares. <laughs> you're Mickey <laughs> There is there is a bit though where where like obviously at the end of this episode everything disappears, Jackie walks off and Mickey just sort of stands there like I know what kind of thing. And again, back into this bin. Like it's like it's, it's like... around for some snacks. <laughs> it's like it makes me feel like oh, he's really loyal. Like he's such a loyal guy that he's literally just like he's like a pathetic dog. He's like canine, which in school reunion he gets sent to the car with the dog. Do either of you guys see the episode of Futurama with um, Seymour, the dog? I don't think so. Probably, but I've watched Futurama. The last time I watched Futurama was about, couple of, was about four years ago. In in Futurama, you know how Fry gets sent a thousand years into the future? Yes. He has a dog that basically waits for him. All that oh time. my god! It's one of the heartbreaking scenes in Futurama. I know what you're talking it is. about. It's yeah. amazing and it's so well done. That's Mickey. Oh my god. Oh. I never thought I'd end an episode of a podcast crying. I knew you would. <laughs> Oh god, that's such, a, that's such an awful scene. That was my mission. But also, all right, so, so my, my thoughts about the 10 seconds thing. I wonder if, if things had gone another way, she would have come back within 10 seconds. But because the next time she comes back to Peckham, it's by accident. Mm. Because the doctor sends her back. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, that she doesn't go back at all before that. But even then, it's not a conscious decision. No, she goes to Cardiff around the same time. Maybe, maybe, oh my god, could you imagine in like 10 seconds, it like, it cuts out, it happens 10 seconds, then like the scene cuts out, and then Mickey just gets a phone call saying, Hi Mickey, it's Rose, sorry I was 15 seconds, not 10, um, I'm actually in Cardiff, do you think you can get me a train, like right now? I need my passport. Yeah, she'll make it weird, like, can you get my passport? Thanks, bye! We just hear Captain Jack, like, r- laughing in the background. Don't tell mum, she'll just, she'll make it weird. Rose, come back to bed. Oh, so that cheapens Doctor Who. Okay. Okay. I think anything past flirtation with Jack is off limits. Have you seen the show Talk to Her, Charlie? No, but I want to protect companions from Jack. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Apart from Donna, I want Donna to be with Jack. No, Donna (laughs) wants Donna to be with Jack. Yeah, but now I want Donna to be with Jack because I want Donna to be happy. Everyone wants Donna to be with Jack. Yeah. Because Jack is it's Jack. She's the one person that Jack doesn't flirt with because he's too much for her. And I'm like, that's you met your match, Jack Harkness. I just thought that was like a funny joke. But also, Donna's married to a really boring guy now. Yeah, but I suppose we established in Science of the Library that that's her type. Yeah. Beautiful, adores me. Can't say a word. <laughs> okay, I think that's probably the place to end it. I know. Let's let's before we end it, let's actually do our like. Oh, you've done. You've both done yours. I'm just going. Yeah. Say, how does it feel, Will, to be ignored <laughs> on a key segment of the show? You fuck. I'm the Doctor. Faye's Faye's Rose. You are Mickey. <laughs> I'm the Tin Dog. I'm, I'm the Tin Dog. I feel like in our dynamic, I'm much more like Harriet Jones than <laughs> Harriet Jones to Harriet Jones to my Doctor. Oh, lovely. Well, I'll take that anytime. Um. 
either one. Um, I would give this episode a 7 out of 9, and the reason I rate it slightly higher is that I think that some of the some of the raw content, some of the raw stuff in this 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 episode is some of the best of series one, I think. Um, I think that it is let down by some clunkers and a rather silly way of disposing with the alien threat. Um, and also just the Doctor being a bit of a dick to Mickey for no apparent reason. Sometimes the domestics of the episode, I love them because they create tension, but sometimes they go too far, I would say. Yeah. And I think it, it takes away from the action. So yeah. Well, on that note, I think that was a fantastic episode that we will fix in post-production. Oh yeah, this is going to be different. We'll start with the we'll start with the outro. That's what we'll do. Why don't we we'll play backwards. the ho- don't edit it, but just play it backwards, and then release yeah, that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly like that. What if we? I want to play that backwards and see what. <laughs> what you actually said. It's just red rub, red rub. <laughs> And having scared all of our podcast listeners, I think it's time to end. Before we leave the podcast, um, I just want to say an amazing thank you um, and a big two thumbs up, one, two, (laughs) to the wonderful Faye Lawler for guesting wonderfully on our programme over the last few weeks. Have you enjoyed yourself? I've had a really nice time. Thanks for having me. Um, It's been a blast. It's made me me be like, you know what, you do know some things and it's all right. (laughs) No, no, as always, your insight to Doctor Who is wonderful and valid and wonderful. Wonderful twice. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll end it there. Love you all. Bye. Bye. Bye.